Hello, everyone, and welcome to All of Us. My name is Rachel. I'm the Chief Encourager and Founder here at All of Us, and I welcome you to Episode 39, Grief and God's Glory. Today, I have my sister, my friend, an amazing writer, author. I, mean, I could go on and on about our guest today, but I'll let her tell you who she is. But I have with me Darina Lazo Gilmore Young with me today. Hello, my friend. How are you? Hi, Rachel. Thank you for that welcome. It's a joy for me to even just see your face on the screen and just remember the times that we've gotten to be in person too. So grateful for you. You know what? Uh, amen and ditto. I think it's it's one of those things to where we we live in the same state of California and we live driving distance and we've had uh, we've had the pleasure of serving alongside one another um, and we are in some groups together and just other other touch points. And I'm just so grateful for that. I'm grateful that you're in my sphere. Um, you make my life better, Darina. And uh, mm -hmm. I'm just so grateful to have you in this space at all of us. So with that, can you introduce yourself? Just kind of give the All of Us family the baseball card stats, as I say, of like who you are, where you come from, all that stuff. Yes, definitely. Well, thanks for the invitation. Um, so I do live in Central California. I live in Fresno now with my family. I am a mama to three girls and I am a remarried widow. So my hubby is Sean, grateful for his partnership. Um, I am, as you said, I'm a published author and I also a speaker. I have a podcast called Eat, Pray, Run. And I love just mentoring and being in the world in a way that brings up young women, actually women of all ages. Mm. Um, I specifically have a heart for women of color leaders, um, but I also um, also love to help to mentor writers. So I am the director of an organization called Lead Loved, which is a ministry that started here in Central California, but now extends across the country um, that pours into women leaders. And I'm also the president of what is called Redbud Writers Guild. Um, I kind of love the name because it, it sounds so official, but what we are really about is women coming together. We are Christian communicators and we encourage each other. We spur each other onto good works and good deeds and we help equip each other. So I have my hands in a little bit different thing every single day and the way I'm wired, I'm so grateful that God has called me to this work. Um, this year in particular, have several um, books that are going to be launching and doing a lot of speaking and just love that I get to be here with you today, Rachel. Oh, I love it. And we will link all the places uh, that Darina just talked about wonderful organizations. And that's what I love too, about this space at all of us is when we say all of us, it really does mean all of us together. And that means everything that's attached to all of us. So for Darina, what her assignments are, uh, what your assignments are, all of us listeners um, and people in the family, like they matter. Um, they're glorifying God. They're a way to build community, to see people, to love people better um, and to lead well. And you are stewarding quite a lot, my friend. And so Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. But in case anybody at all of us wants to get involved, um, for me personally, I love um, learning from the, the women that are part of Redbud and it lead love. I love just everything that you're doing. Um, it encourages me as a woman of color, as a leader, as a writer. Uh, there's many touch points where I'm blessed by those ministries. So we'll make sure and link those in the show notes so that if you want to be involved, uh, you can be. So, well, Darina, 
Tell us about your Jesus journey. How did you come to know Jesus? I love that we start with this question because, you know, we don't often tell kind of our testimonies anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to kind of like dial it back to actually for me, what was first grade. So that's like decades ago, but it's still so meaningful to me. Um, I actually decided that I was going to follow Jesus and be a Jesus follower and a believer in a official sort of way. There was an altar call at my church. I went to a small church on the South side of Chicago, and it was actually on Maundy Thursday. So Mm -hmm. that's, if people are not familiar with that term, it's the Thursday before Good Friday and Easter. And so in my little church on the South side, we did something called a foot washing ceremony on that Thursday. And the men and women would go in different rooms and we would wash each other's feet just as a remembrance of what Christ did for his disciples. And so here I am, I'm this little girl, right? And I'm watching these women of all different generations, Hmm. including my mama and other, like my Sunday school teacher, people I knew kneel down and wash each other's feet. And so I still do have this like kind of vivid memory of witnessing and participating in that and recognizing like, this is the thing that Jesus did for his people. This is what he did for the disciples. And so after we had the foot washing part, they invited us into the sanctuary and our pastor gave a little kind of message. We had some music and then he invited people to actually come up to the altar and pray and and proclaim, like, I want to be a believer. Mm. Um, It wasn't like it was a big public thing, but in my little church sphere, it was saying, yes, I am going to step into this new life in Christ. Mm. And so my mama um, walked down that aisle with me and she prayed with me. And so that's what I consider to be my spiritual birthday, Mm. which is kind of coming up here with Easter around the corner. I always celebrate it just on whatever Thursday is before Easter, because it is that meaningful memory for me. Mm. I love that you have that, like as a stone, you know, a remembrance in your life. I mean, very powerful. And I mean, I don't know too many people that uh, have this foot washing experience. I know that's not part of my story, but we know Jesus did it with the disciples. And I mean, it's like, almost like, how could you forget? And isn't that a good thing that you, you can't forget (laughs) because this moment has been marked in your life and it's so significant. So thank you for sharing that. We always like to hear how people come to know Jesus. It's very, very important. Uh, so with that, we've titled the episode Grief and God's Glory. So obviously we're going to be talking about those two things today. Grief, you know, as I mentioned to you before we hit record today is something that we talk about often here at All of Us because it is a part of all of our stories. If we're human beings living here on earth, we're going to experience grief, right? And um, All of Us sister, Cassie Kerrigan, she's been on the show before and she's talked about grief in her life um, with her two children that are now in heaven with Jesus. And she said this in her last episode, episode 14, and I wanted to kind of get your opinion and feedback here. She says that we have to grieve. It's a choice. She says that we have to grieve. And she says the grief process will give way to healing. And so when she said that, I'm asking you, Darina, from your story, because a part of your story is you lost your first husband, Eric Lee, in 2014. Would you agree with Miss Cassie Kerrigan or would you kind of come alongside and say something a little bit different? Is, has, how has grief and the process, has that given way to healing for you? 
Oh, I love the way that she phrased that. And, you know, I do believe that the grief process has led to healing for me, but you know, what's interesting. I want to just mark this, that like you mentioned before, every grief journey is unique. And so I think that people grieve and it doesn't necessarily lead them to healing. Mm. I think that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I like is the word process. Mm-hmm. So she used that word process, the grief process. And so to me, there's an activeness that is in that. And I think for myself, I can just say that I engaged, I began a process of grieving. And to be honest, that process of grieving started even before my husband went to heaven because mm-hmm. he was diagnosed in 2014 with stage four cancer. Um, he was age 40 at that time. Our little girls were two, five and eight, and our whole world was turned upside down. We were, um, directors of a nonprofit organization working in Haiti. We did a lot of travel back and forth. We did a lot of work, um, with partnerships and churches here in California. And so everything in our world came to a screeching halt when we received that diagnosis and, Honestly, at that point, I started to grieve Mm. and I didn't have the language then, but just in the studies that I've done and even in my own process have discovered this phrase called anticipatory grief. And Mm. it's like, I didn't know in my spirit what was going to happen in the future. I didn't know that my husband was going to die and go to heaven, but I also could feel things shifting And Mm -hmm. so I began to grieve the shift. I began to grieve the uncertainty. Um, I began to grieve and even kind of imagine what the loss might look like if my husband was no longer there on earth. And so I started doing this work in the process (laughs) before I realized, you know, some of that happened subconsciously. And so I wanted to share that with your audience because I can imagine that maybe someone listening, maybe even in that now, and even if it's not a death, maybe it's, um, anticipating leaving a community, leaving a church, leaving a job. There's some anticipatory grief that happens even before the day the thing happens. You know, my husband went to heaven on September 9th, 2014, but I started my grief process in May of that year when we received that diagnosis. Um, so I would say I do agree with that quote, but I also do think it's, you know, it's, it matters how much you engage in the process. And we have a choice to engage in that process with God, which I believe is a lament process, mm-hmm. or we can engage in grief in ways that are apart from God. And so I believe the healing comes from engaging with God. Now, Darina, you have me kind of shifting it because you just said the word lament. And so I think that often we will interchange grief and lament when they mean different things. So before we go even any further, can you talk to us about like, what do you mean when you say lament and what do you mean? We know grief, but could you explain that to us? Yeah, I think it's a good nuance. So grief is that feeling of deep emotion that we have when we have lost something, or even like I was saying before that we anticipate losing something. Um, Lament is an intentional way that we can walk through that grief with God. And we're invited into that lament and we see it all throughout the scriptures. I mean, the most well-known 
kind of example of lament is in the Psalms. And we, we hear that through David's voice. I mean, so often if you're reading the Psalms, you feel like, oh, I just opened somebody's prayer journal, right? <laughs> because yeah. David is lamenting. And in that lament, he is bringing questions to the Lord. He yeah. is bringing doubts. He is bringing even frustration. He's got a sense of justice or calling out injustice. Yeah. He has um, the emotions that come with deep grief, which is a sadness. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we also have Psalms that are praise and worship and victory. And sure, sure. even in singular Psalms, we see David go through the process. So yeah. he's crying out in lament. And yeah. then there's a shift that often happens. It's not in every Psalm, but it often happens that he'll shift. And in that lament, he'll be kind of redirected and it's like, okay, wait, let me remember who God is, how God is faithful and how God is walking me through. And for people who know a little bit about David's story, I mean, this man, yes, he was a man after God's heart. He was the shepherd boy, but he also went through some hard stuff. Yes, he did. Trials. I mean, being chased down by his own son, mm -hmm. having to live in caves. I mean, betrayal his own sin. So I love David's example because I think it is such an invitation for all of us <laughs> to come in no yep. matter what it looks like. And he really gives us kind of that model for lament. So I, you know, I meet people who are in grief, who are not believers in God or believers in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I, they're not moving in that process. Yeah. And so I think that's why lament and grief can look different because lament is that engagement with God. Now, there are some physical things that we can do to move through grief and there's therapy and, sure. you know, other options. But I believe that sort of extra layer that is true healing happens when we do it in partnership with God. Amen. Thank you for breaking that down. I was just like, we need to break. We need to stop right there. Yeah, yep. <laughs> uh, because often we don't really explain what these, what this means. And I have a question even later, but you just answered it here about like, what does it look like to, you know, to lament and grieve with the Lord? And, and you just said it. I mean, we can look to the Psalms and you see a, we can see a wonderful picture of what it, the highs and lows of grief, right? The different emotions, um, but doing it alongside the Lord. Um, that's, that's key right there. So thank you. Um, so on your website, you say this, you say you were designed to experience God's glory, no matter what trial or tragedy you face, our God is never late. He is always working on your behalf. So Everyone here at All of Us, you've listened to Darina share a bit of her story and the, some of the grief that she has gone through. So Darina, for the one who might not know or believe at this time that they were designed for God's glory and that God is working on their behalf through tragedy, through grief, through the hard things of life, how would you encourage them right now in this moment if they're listening or watching? Mm -hmm. Well, this is one of my favorite things to talk about because I've been that person, right? I've been on that journey where it was like, okay, I don't know. Do I really believe this? Am I really feeling this? And it's not always about our feelings, but you know, sometimes that's the heart of our experience too. And so my encouragement would be for you to be a glory chaser. I use that phrase a lot um, because 
that glory be chasing after God's glory, I believe is what helps us enter into not just that belief, but that experience. Mm-hmm. So to be a glory chaser is not chasing after our own glory, which is what the world teaches us. It's not, you know, getting accolades or getting the most likes on Instagram or, you know, the job promotion or having the kids or whatever it is that you feel like is your achievement. Mm -hmm. It's actually redirecting our Mm -hmm. life and our value system to be looking at God, to be looking for God. And I love the word chase because it's active. It means I've got to participate. I've got to make a choice and I have to move in the direction of God. If I'm going to chase someone, it's not going to happen. If I'm sitting in my chair, I've got to actually move. (laughs) Now, how fast do you move? Your pace is your pace, but (laughs) we have to chase him. And so what that looks like for me in a real practical way is to every day ask myself that question, where have I seen God at work? Mm. Um, there's a lot of, you know, little details of what that might manifest in my daily life. I'm a mom with kids. Um, I'm a runner. So I love to get outside and run in God's glory, God's creation. So I get to see him through that, um, in my marriage with Sean, in the ways that I lead in conversations that I have, even this, that we're having right now, those are opportunities for me to talk, to chase to experience God's glory. And so that would be my encouragement for the person maybe who is in that place. You know, God can use our just tiny little bit of belief. Yeah. And he can meet us in our unbelief too. You know, that's, that's the thing is reorienting and and saying, okay, God, where are you at work? Yeah, so good. We have um, a series here at all of us called um, Recount to Remember. And that's exactly, you know, like what you're speaking of is like looking at like, okay, God, like, let me recount your goodness and your faithfulness. And like you mentioned, going outside and running, doing a trail run or in your children or whatever, even in the midst of the tragedy or in the valley that we're in, you know, we can, we have to orient change posture to see you know where god are you showing up now and even where god have you shown up in the past because sometimes our feeling won't match (laughs) like you know where we're at and so i love how you mentioned like be glory chasers there's an action there there's a part that we have to play Mm -hmm. Uh, but i want to also add to that that sometimes our our we have to let our attitudes and our feelings catch up So it's chasing God's glory, even though you're frustrated, even though you're wrestling, even though you're angry, even, you know, but, but still saying, but I'm still going to chase after you, Lord. Like, I I don't get this. I'm in the depths and I'm still going to chase after you, Lord. Um, So yeah, thank you for offering that up. So Darina, you kind of touched on it, but um, has there been times, and I think your answer is going to be yes here, but we'll, (laughs) but have there been times where that has been really hard for you where you've like, you know, okay, God, I, I know who you are, but here's how I feel. And I'm in the depths right now. Like, have you ever been there? And what did you do, you know, when you were in the depths of feeling so low and had to, had to continue to glory chase? What did that look like for you? Yeah. I, I mean, there's definitely moments where I have had those doubts or I've been dragged down by the weariness of yeah. the grief journey. Um, where maybe I didn't feel like chasing God's glory. Cause sometimes it just yeah. feels good to wallow yeah. <laughs> in our stuff. Right. Does, I mean, yeah. That's real. 
but I think it's been an intentional decision for me. Uh, it's interesting because I choose a word of the year and I chose glory as my word back in 2014, which means with the end of 2013, oh. I was praying over that word that God would bring a word for me. And this is a practice I've done for 12 plus years now. And um, he brought that word glory. I was curious about that word. I was like, well, what are you going to teach me about that? And glory is like all throughout the Bible. Glory is actually even in our media and movies. I mean, you see it in worship songs. Sure. So I was asking the Lord, what is that about? And then that was 2014 when my husband was diagnosed in May of that year with his cancer. And so I had already been on that journey of chasing God's glory. And I believe that was by God's design. Like he already was helping me to see like, this is an intentional choice. Mm. Um, I, <laughs> I have to share this story with you. So I just went on a trail run yesterday with my friend, Marcy, and we have had so much rain here in California, as you know, and so it's wreaking havoc on our earth. I mean, it's a good thing that we have water, but we just are not ready for it. Right. Um, particularly here in central California, we're seeing like a lot of the trees are coming down trees mm -hmm. that are leaning. So I've been on this trail watching for the last month as this water has seeped into the ground. And I just, I was running along with my friend and I mean, I just, I saw, I looked over and I saw this tree and this tree was totally on the ground. Like it had fallen, but it was fascinating because this tree did not have any roots. So wow. I was like, okay, wait, friend, I got to go. I'm going to go take a picture. Yes. Like this was such a weird thing to see. And I saw this tree. It was like, it was already dead and cut. And it wasn't because someone came with a, you know, chainsaw and cut it down. There were those trees too, but this tree had literally just fallen over because it didn't have roots holding it. Wow. Okay. Crazy. Right. I was like, that'll yeah. preach. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, there's a message in that. <laughs> I know it's gonna. I'm gonna write about it this yeah, weekend. Please, but, <laughs> but then I kept running, and maybe five minutes or less later, I saw another tree, and this tree similarly had just completely fallen down on the ground. But this tree was different because I could see those roots that were holding out onto the earth, and it still had fallen, but those roots were still like. Yeah sticking out like a bad hair day, right? <laughs> the roots were there. And I looked and I go, Marcy, do you see that tree? The tree was still blooming. It had like these pink, beautiful flowers that come out in the spring. And it just, I mean, I was like, whoa, there's a message there for us that even in those places where we're grieving, where we're in trials, where the storm has come, even when we've been knocked down, Mm -hmm. That if we have those roots, that there is still the opportunity for us to bloom. There is opportunity for God to help us to flourish. And so I share that because it's like, okay, I know that I have had moments in the last eight plus years that I've been grieving my husband's death where I have struggled. Mm -hmm. But I also know that having this orientation towards chasing after God's glory has been the thing that has pulled me through. It is the thing that has allowed me to still bloom when I'm down on the ground. Mm. And those roots were already nourished before I started this journey. And so I want to say that as a word of encouragement to people who are maybe even not in a trial, yeah. that now is the time to nourish those roots, to, mm. to have those roots 
dig down, to be in the word, to be in prayer, to have those practices because we don't know what's going to come tomorrow. And so we've got to be ready for that. And so here was this beautiful visual reminder for me right on the trail yesterday. I was like, Ooh, man, (laughs) that'll preach. Right. Um, I, and I'm such a, an image like visual person. I don't think I'll ever forget that image. Now you might have to send me that picture, Uh, (laughs) but I, it is such a reminder um, of being nourished and being rooted, you know, with the Lord. Um, for so many reasons, but especially when we are literally toppled over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and those things forget. come. Yeah, like those things happen. Like you, we feel like we are at the bottom. We are feel like we're left for dead. I mean, even in Acts, it talks about like when the disciples were going, traveling through and, you know, people were literally trying to kill them. <laughs> and yeah. they were like, you know, we thought we were going to die, but God, right? And it's like that nourishment that yeah. they get you know, from him. Um, what a beautiful, beautiful visual. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Darina. So with that nourishment, I mean, there is that, I mean, in all of us, I mean, obviously this is about the olive tree and, and the root system connected deep into the soil um, to Jesus. Um, but then there's also, uh, because the roots are connected, that's like us here at all of us. So because we, we are connected to Christ and one another. And so I want to bring up now, Darina, yes, Jesus, but what about others in your grief journey? How has others, the body of Christ, played a role um, in, you know, you traveling through this grief process? What have they meant to you and how has that kind of transpired through your grief? Mm. One of my favorite names for God is the name that was given to his son, Emmanuel, God with us. Mm-hmm. And I cling to the power of that name because I have seen in these last eight years, the way that God has used community, mm-hmm. his people to be with me, to be God with us. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've watched that even in the, the grief journey of my daughters as well. And so, you know, when my husband, even when he was diagnosed with cancer, and then when he went to heaven, we had an amazing community around us who literally carried us (laughs) and, you know, real practical ways, like showing up with food for almost a year, like they fed me for almost a year Mm. and people who, in creative ways provided for us. So, um, like I have a friend, Corey, she is someone who has a gift of administration. And so she was like, okay, I have this proposal that I want to give you of something I want to do to help you. I would like to organize a group of people through Facebook who can just help you with your practical needs. So she was the one who kind of organized that with her administrative skills. But then it was like, okay, people showing up at my house to help me fold my laundry and to do dishes and like friends who were good at fixing things and guys who are my husband's friends who came over and like took the car to be serviced and did the lawn. I mean, it was... I felt spoiled by the amount of community that we had that lifted us during that time and the way that the body of Christ came around us. And, and partly because I think, you know, my husband was, um, such a 
leader, but also someone who cared about shepherding and investing in others. And so he was a teacher at the local high school. He was a coach at the gym. You know, he was the director of this nonprofit organization. So we had multiple churches Mm -hmm. that he had poured into and connected with, not to mention all the friends in Haiti who he had connected them with. So I got to reap the benefits of what I like to call community life insurance. He invested in that. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, okay, it wasn't, it wasn't a financial investment. It was an investment in the people. And then after he went to heaven, I got to see that come full circle in the way that people provided for us. Mm. Um, just crazy stuff. I mean, I remember even like I needed an eye doctor and it was like two months after he died. And I just like went in the phone book and found the eye doctor that was closest to my house. Cause that was the easiest when I had little girls and not a lot of babysitting yeah. and I show up and <laughs> the doctor is like, Oh, your husband was my daughter's PE teacher. And he had like such an influence on my daughter. Uh I didn't even know the man's name at the time. Um, But as I was leaving, you know, I I was like trying to pay my bill and he was like, no, 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 you're not, I'm taking care of your contacts and your glasses and you today, because your husband invested in me and I want to invest in you and your family. And it was like, I was just blown away. I mean, those little things that the Lord just went before us. Um, So I like to say that I felt like going into this pit, like this grief pit, it was like the Lord was saying to me after his diagnosis, like, come, I want you to get in the pit. It was like a Joseph moment. Like, you need to get in the pit. And I was like, no, Jesus, I don't want to get in that pit. I don't know how big or wide or long or deep it is. And I don't want to get in this pit. And he just kept telling me, no, come, I'm going to usher you. I'm going to usher you. And as I took each step into this pit, I discovered like, oh, my feet are not sinking to the bottom. What's Mm. happening? And Mm. it was because our community was in the pit and they were holding our feet and our hands so we were never touching the bottom because they were providing for us. Oh. It was unbelievable. I mean, it still makes me get teary eyed because of the way that God was Emmanuel. Oh yeah. It was making me get teary eyed right now. Um, just the, the, I'm just thinking about the ways in which God uh, loves us and provides to uh, for us and for us through people. Like it's just, it's one of the greatest ways I believe that we see God's glory and God's love for us is through his people. And just to be able to be on the other side of that. And I mean, sometimes for some of us, I'll speak for myself, sometimes it's hard to receive, but God has done just such a, a big work in how we need each other. And at different times, like you're in the pit and I'm going to need to have to help you get out during that and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way that it works. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, your people that rallied around you during that your that time of loss um, for a year, which is just amazing. And I know continuing on as well, but specifically yeah. for that year, um, <laughs> just how God he he met you in your time of need but in such an extravagant way like i think it's like you you weren't just provided for once like over and over um the investment that your late husband um had in the body of christ and in people like the gifts just keep giving and that's what that's what's so crazy cool about when we uh share our gifts and love and disciple you know and, and do that with the body of christ is it's like we never know how that impacts the kingdom, right. you right. know, and, and you were a recipient 
of Eric Lee and how he showed up lovingly and and graciously to the people that God put in his path, you know, the teacher, the nonprofit. I mean, you name it. It's like, and you, you, you saw the gifts through your grief. I mean, yeah. it just, there's so much there to unpack. Um, but praise God for it all, <laughs> for it all. So Darina, um, I want to touch on this too, because you are now remarried um, to the wonderful Shine. And I just, and you also, he just recently adopted your girls. Is this right? So yes. there's just been so much, you know, goodness and things to celebrate in your life. And I want to touch on for a second, you know, often we do this thing like, well, we can like cancel out grief or something, you know, that happened to us mm -hmm. yeah. when we experience, you know, um, a blessing or a change in direction or something almost like we replaced that. And so I would love for you to speak to that. There's some examples that I gave to Darina on the blog. Um, I said, like we, for instance, we grieve a loss of a job, you know, we'll take this kind of, this can be anything. We lose a job, you know, we're, we're grieving the loss of that job. And then we get a job and people are like, oh, well, you should be good because you have the new job, you know? And in your case, you know, you were married to Eric Lee you know, he's now died and gone to heaven, time passed, and now you're remarried to Sean. And so could you speak a little bit to, do you still grieve, you know, Eric Lee, what does that look like? Um, speak to like this whole, like, I don't even know what the phrase or term would be, but like cancel grief, I guess, which is, mm. but yeah, if you could talk. Yeah, to that's such an interesting question. And I think it's really important for us to just be honest about, because I do believe that you know, people, and it comes from a good place. Yes. It's like people so badly want us to be okay and, and to move forward and to flourish. And so there's a lot of that language that kind of gets thrown around, especially in what I'll call widow culture, because some of my mm -hmm. ministry is specifically to widows that we kind of have to deal with some of those things that people say that's like, okay, that's awkward. No, that, that actually is not true. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I will definitively say, I am never going to get over grieving Eric Lee. Come on. I believe that I will grieve the loss of my husband until the day that I go to heaven and get to see him again. Mm -hmm. That is true. Now, mm -hmm. I also have gone through a season of very intense grief about that loss. And this looks, that timeline looks real different for different people. So this is not prescriptive at all. Mm -hmm. But I'm in a season now, eight years out where I'm remarried, my kids have been adopted by Sean, like so much is new and be, been made new in my life that I'm not what I would call in the intense grief anymore, mm -hmm. but I'm still grieving. Like sure. I'm still aware there mm -hmm. are days that, you know, we'll just be having a random conversation and something will spark a memory or trigger, you know, I drive by the hospital almost every day in our little neighborhood yeah. And that's the hospital where my husband had to have some surgery on his tumor. It was a very traumatic time. And every time I drive by it, there's this like little prick in my soul. Like, yeah. Ooh, I remember how hard that was. And, and there's like a sadness that can still come over me to different degrees. And so the grief is still there. And I know maybe that doesn't sound encouraging, but I want to just be honest about that because sure. people kind of think, oh, well, you're going to get over it. Like if you go through these five stages or this many years, or you get remarried or, you know, whatever, you get a new job that you make more money, whatever the right. thing is, I don't think it works that way. Um, but 
the language that I like to use and like, I try to encourage other people is like, I have been able to move forward in my life. It doesn't mean that I've forgotten about Eric Lee. It doesn't mean my grief is over. It doesn't mean I've achieved something or checked a box, but that I'm moving and I'm moving forward. It's kind of like chasing God's glory, right? There's this active thing that happens that I'm moving forward and I'm able to embrace you know, the calling that God has in my life, I'm able to move forward as a mom. And sometimes we need help. Sometimes we get stuck. Maybe we need to do therapy or, you know, go through, there's some different like grief programs that you can go through, like uh, grief share and other things online. So I am not against getting help in any way, (laughs) but I think you know, we also just need to recognize that it's not something that's like a finite stop. And both of those things can be happening together. The moving forward can be happening at the same time as grieving. The joy is dancing with the grief always. Mm. Um, So like every year, our family, we have what we call a heaven anniversary party. Mm. And it is the day that Eric Lee went to heaven and we celebrate that day. And sometimes we cry on that day. And other times we're laughing and we're telling stories about daddy. We're very like intentional that it's a dinner party that I invite friends over that were part of his life. And so my girls, actually, it's one of the days that they look most forward to in our year, in our calendar, because we get to just remember him. We get to live that legacy. And my husband, Sean was a very good friend of Eric Lee's. And so I have a special gift in that he not only participates in that, but he leads in that because he remembers, he remembers his friends. He tells the stories to the girls. Um, so I think there's a nuance. Everybody experiences that a little different, but I just, I believe it's a myth that we're going to just get over our grief one day. I think Mm. it just kind of takes on a different shape. Mm, Yeah, that's good. That's good. If you could give the listeners today from all of us, maybe just like one or two things on how we could better grieve with one another. Maybe that's a friend, a family member, a coworker, a colleague, um, what, what comes to mind of like, how can we be better uh, people to walk alongside someone grieving, whatever it is yeah. in their lives? Well, I think the first thing is that we need to give ourselves permission to grieve. Mm. You know, a lot of times, and this is, can be cultural too, but like we try to push that grief aside or we think, oh, we're only allowed to grieve in these certain spaces or these certain ways. So it starts with permission to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're talking about walking alongside someone else, it also means giving that person permission to grieve okay. and to grieve in the way that is unique to them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just like as an example, um, obviously, the loss of my husband affected way more than just me and my kids, my mother-in-law, his mom, she was a single mom for years and, you know, raised him and that he was an only child. She's remarried now, but you know, the way that she grieved and continues to grieve is very different from the way that I grieve. I recognize, you know, having a dinner party and telling stories like that fills my soul. That helps me to grieve. That is like the last thing on the planet that she wants to do on the day that her son died. Mm -hmm. And I have to learn how to give her permission to do what she needed to do. And there's a kindness in that. There's a kindness in being able to say, Hey mom, I want you to know that you're invited. It's year eight and you're invited at the table and we care about you. But if you don't show up, I'm also not going to be offended because I know that you probably need to go sit at the cemetery Mm -hmm. and have some quiet 
and pray. And that's the last thing I want to do. Right. We have an understanding and yeah. so that I think coming alongside people in that way, giving them permission. The other thing is even just acknowledging. And I hear this so much, especially in my conversations with widows is that people are so afraid to acknowledge that you're grieving yeah. or saying something wrong or right. making you feel more sad, which is like not possible because you're right. Yeah. I've learned from like, my friends. Yeah. They're not going to say anything. And so I have so many widow friends who are lonely, who mm-hmm. are left on their own because people are trying to protect them. Mm-hmm. And so they don't actually enter in. Mm-hmm. And so I would say like, my advice would be to be present. That ministry of presence is so powerful I think about the people who have ministered to me in the most powerful ways. And it was simple. It was like my friend who came over and just played with my hair and read the Psalms to me. She was like, I have no other words, but I'm going to read the Psalms to you. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, another couple who took us out to get our first Christmas tree that first year after my husband died. And it was like, I didn't want to go do that by myself So for them to just get in the car with me and my kids and go and pick out the Christmas tree and come home and decorate it. Like just Mm -hmm. the presence of doing that was so powerful. Mm -hmm. Still makes me get choked up as I think about that gift. What a gift it was to Mm -hmm. have people come along inside and be present. So I think sometimes we complicate it so much and then we don't do anything. Mm, yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm, that's so good. Presence and seeing people for where they're at and their grief and just meeting them right where they are. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, before we end, Miss Darina, which I mean, I could talk to you all day long uh, <laughs> uh, and, I, and I love being with you no matter in person or here in this interview. Um, but before we end, I do want to loop in some really special projects that you've been working on that really are wrapped into our conversation and weave quite beautifully because hi, this is what God does. He, he, (laughs) every part of it, you know, can be used for his glory if we allow, and you are doing that many ways, but one of which is through your gifting of writing. So could you tell us about some upcoming projects that you have coming up this calendar year? Yeah, well, I'm really excited about actually this month of April that I have a new children's book that is releasing. I'm a children's book writer. And so the new book is called Chasing God's Glory. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Hello. Um, and I am really excited about sharing this idea of chasing God's glory with kids. But we all know that it's parents and grandparents and aunties and everyone who reads the book. So I get to speak to kids of all ages and it's about this little girl, Zayla, who goes on a bike ride with her mama on a hunt for glory. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get to all ask that question, what is glory? And then we get to go on the adventure with them. Um, so I hope people will check that out. Of course. Uh, and so- what else? What else? I know that you have created me a heart of mercy Bible study coming out. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So that one um, actually comes out in May of this year. That's a project that's, a, it's part of a series of Bible studies that have been written by Encourage. I work for Encourage by Dayspring. Um, we are a collective of storytellers and devotional writers. Specifically, this Bible study is looking at that idea of mercy and how we are called to mercy because God had mercy on us. And so it's a six week Bible study coming out in May. I'm really excited about it. You know, there's going to be some teaching that goes along with it and um, people can engage with 
that if you've done, if you've ever done a Bible study in a group, you can use it in your church or as an individual. Awesome. And the third project, which I'm excited about all of these as your <laughs> friend and someone on the other side, but this third one, I'm really, really excited about. And I think it's the interactive piece. Um, let's see, breathing through grief. So it's going to be an interactive journal and I'm a big journaler. So tell us about what that's going to look like. Oh, good. Well, I designed and wrote this for you, friend, honestly. <laughs> It is a journal that includes stories, devotionals, scriptures, mm. prayers, and space. Mm, and yeah. what it is for is for the person who is grieving. And it's like that resource, that gift that I longed for along the way. I, in fact, one of the biggest questions that people ask me, you know, DM me or whatever is like, my friend is going through grief or has lost a loved one or lost a husband, whatever, you know, like what can I give them? Mm -hmm. And so I designed this to be, like you said, something interactive. It's something simple, but it's a journal that I just actually looked at the design this week for the first time. It's so beautiful. So the designers at Ink and Willow, that's part of Penguin Random House, they designed it, but there's spaces where it's like, they can read some of my stories. They can learn some of the things that I share about grief, which I've even been sharing here on the, the mm -hmm. program, but also then there's space for them and there's some guiding questions. So if you're going on your own grief journey or your own grief process, mm -hmm. you can answer those questions or you can journal just on your own. It talks about the difference between lament and grief. Like we talked about, it leads people through prayers where it's like, okay, I don't even know what to pray today. Okay. Here's, you know, a prayer that Darina has written to kind of walk me through that. So I I'm really excited about being able to share that resource. I feel like so many of us through the pandemic and other situations in our world are grieving now. And so it's something to invite you into that journey and process that we've been talking about this whole time. Wow. Beautiful, beautiful tools, beautiful tools to help us to chase God's glory, to, to go through the process of grief. And uh, I'm just reminded of that, of the fact that nothing is wasted. Like when we use it for God's glory, like mm -hmm. nothing is wasted and God is using um, the bits of your life, the small parts and the big parts um, to bring him glory, but also to help brothers and sisters walk this thing called life. You know, it is. Thank you for um, your obedience and using your gifts um, to help us along. So thank you. Thank you, friend. Uh, so, all right. Well, we're going to finish our interview with our rapid fire questions. And so, Marina, uh, <laughs> are you ready? There is no wrong answers. <laughs> okay, right. I'm ready. God is. Has said. Steadfast mm. love. Love it. Chasing God's glory is an adventure. Mm. Navigating grief with others is it's sacred work. And all of us are better when we are flourishing together. Mm, amen. Well, Darina, thank you so much. You are officially a part of the All of Us family. Uh, thank you for just so excited. inviting us <laughs> into our, uh, your in-process story um, and sharing God's goodness and faithfulness through your life and pointing us towards God's glory. It's been so good to be with you, and uh, we'll see you again on Instagram Live very, very soon. <laughs> 
everyone can send in questions or feedback or encouragement for Darina. And like I said earlier, we'll put all of these wonderful tools, resources, places you can find Darina in our show notes. As for now, that's it. See you later, all of us. Thanks, Darina. Thank you, friend.